0: Welcome everyone to UFO Chronicles. You are with a Dorita. How are you, Dorita? And Dorothy. And she can't hear me. I don't know why. I'm good. <laughs> so today we're talking about Westfall, Westall, not with an F. Westall UFO encounter is one of the incidents that represents the best categories of UFO sightings as described being in daylight mass witnesses school-based sightings and a sighting that included landings these all put together to describe what is classed as an a-grade kind of uh sighting because there is so much witness testimony because it's during the daytime it's less subjective than just lights in the sky it was wednesday april the 6th 1966 westall was a small community still is actually 21 kilometers from the central business district of Melbourne in Australia within the first school term about to finish the following afternoon that would be followed by two weeks of school holidays and about 10 a.m in the morning two groups of students were involved in phys ed classes PE exercise call it what you like on the school's playing field bearing in mind 1966 one of the teachers, Miss Jeanette, Jeanette Muir, from New Zealand, from my part of town, from my part of the globe, was probably the first adult to notice the object, alerted to it by the cries and shrieks of her other students. As the object had made no sound as it approached the school oval, it was right overhead when it was spotted. For several minutes, about 50 11 to 13-year-old students of their two teachers watched as a silver-white, shiny, metallic-looking Flying object about the size of one or two cars and shaped like an upside down bowl. Please note, this is their descriptions from the day. Flew low over their heads. In fact, it flew so low that um, the tops of the nearby gum trees and football goalposts were above it. Many students thought that it was readying to land or feared an imminent impact or a crash. Some of the students reacted with the panic while others showed clear signs of distress. And then there was a testimony from Miss Muir. It's any time so now? Miss
1: Muir, the male teacher, <laughs> attempted to gather the students and, sh- and shepherd them back towards the safety of the school building. The craft had appeared seemingly out of nowhere, but it seemed to be flying and hovering with intent, as it was under control. For those watching, there was an impact that it was clearly not an aircraft or balloon. There were no windows, no visible engines or propellers, no wings or fins, no flashing navigational lights no markings no letters or numbers of any kind no ropes or strings <laughs> <laughs> attached yeah well we gotta go a there <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it us clearly. it's a lack of sound obviously but it was flying not not floating the others uh, something else was uh, striking that seems to be one perhaps two or, or three or other objects just like it but further up in the sky, keeping this, their distance. By this stage, um, one agi- agitated 11-year-old student had broken away.
0: Started to attempt to settle his class. By now, they were really looking at what was going on outside. Obviously, a few minutes later, the recess bell sounded. And Mr. Greenwood, with students in tow, went to look for them to draw, right? He wanted to know what was going on out there. When the excited student ran past the ablution block to burst into the science lab with the amazing news, she had run past another student who was standing nearby. This girl had a sick note and so wasn't doing PE or phys ed, so was watching from the sidelines. She had watched in utter amazement as she saw the objects first appear and silently fly in. And is sure that at least one of them flew down so low that it appeared behind the wooden perimeter fence. Um, the, the perimeter fence was quite high, but I think we were looking at about um, uh, about um, eight foot or a ten foot fence, you know, around a school, as opposed to um, as opposed to you know uh, something that was like a six foot picket fence or whatever. One of the the um, the, the noticeable thing about that, of course, is um, that this girl, uh, sorry, when, they, when she first watched it coming in, um, it, the pandem- pandemonium or the, the panic had, had already sort of broken out. Word of the arrival over the school of between one and three flying saucers, and that's what they called them back in 1966, had spread like bushfire. Boys were shocked to see girls still in their PA uniforms hanging off the fences. When Greenwood and his class arrived, the closer flying saucer had begun to move away from the school. Um, oops, here we go. Sorry about that, uh, speaker. Are we are we back?
1: I'm here, but I'm not sure
0: where we are. No, that's okay. So, so um, where we were um, with the pandemonium. So I'm just finishing with uh, the boys that were shocked to see the girls. When Greenwood and his class arrived, the closer flying saucer had begun to move away from the school but was still very visible in the sky above a copse of pine trees at a property called The Grange, which was about 400 metres away. To the amazement of everyone watching, the larger or the closer flying saucer flitted from one side of the sky to the other as if it was just blinking off and then on again at spots of hundreds of metres apart. ascended and descended and turned at incredible speeds in a cool blue autumn sky with nothing but a few white fluffy clouds off in the distance. Nothing else that is until the silence in the sky was broken by the sound of five small planes suddenly appearing. Everyone at Westall Schools knew the sight and sound of planes very well. One of Australia's busiest airports at that time, Melbourne's second main airport, was only four kilometres away. The skies above Westall were constantly abuzz with the sound of planes flying in and out, doing their circuit and bumps training. These were Cessna-like aircraft, but these planes didn't do what the planes over Westall normally did. They didn't drone high overhead in the direction of nearby runways. Instead, they flew low down towards the flying saucer, as if trying to get closer to it. And every time they seemed to edge towards the strange craft, it just flitted away as if playing a game with them of cat and mouse. Although they outnumbered the spaceship, they could not match its speed or agility, and then without warning, the flying saucer descended behind the copse of pines and vanished temporarily out of view." Are you with us?
1: I can't hear you, Dorothy.
0: Okay, by this stage, I don't know why you can't, (laughs) by this stage, about 300 of the high school students had amassed on and around school grounds many climbing the high wooden fence on the school's western boundary and the wire fence at the foot of the huge high tension power pylon that stood in the school's southwestern corner
1: okay now i got you
0: okay excellent do you want to take it from there No, we've got a bit of a bit of a problem with our ticking. We've got a bit of a bit of yeah, a yeah, we do yeah. So, so to, at the site of the flying saucers,
1: or oh, at the side of the flying saucer disappearing behind the pine trees, a huge group of students jumped the low wire fence and sep- that separated the school from the uh, drainage ditch that ran ran alongside the dirt fire bank road on the. On the school southern flank of the road towards the g- gar- garage in a hot, exciting pursuit of the flying saucer the cries of several teachers to t- return to school properly fell mostly on the ears of, of dozen of uh, these t- thirteen and sixteen-year-old adventurous travelers, dirt-struck <laughs> and pod podcast and search for their query a lucky few arrived before the main horde of kids at the side beyond the pine grew one witness remembers arriving at the time to see the flying saucer lifting in front where it had uh, settled or perhaps been hovering on the ground where the two other girls one fainted in the dirt and then the other just getting up but still dizzy she thinks there was a few boys there too and kept their distance. While she tried to talk all this take all this in, the craft ascended, turned on its side and then flew up and away on a great rain rear vanishing from the view. Another student turned told uh, of running after her friend, who was much faster than she, and finding that her three quarters of the way between the school and where the craft appeared to have landed, her youngest friend was uh, hysterical and had already started running back towards the school fields. She tried to calm and questioned her but the girl was too upset and, and broke free the girl uh, then decided not to, to venture any further into the ganger and returned to school in the time to see her friend overcome falling into the arms of the teacher shortly, shortly afterwards she watched as the ambulance arrived drove onto the play, play fields and transported her and friends away 45 years later during the interview she still wondered about her friend as she never returned to school and was not sighted again that so
0: be, she was
1: abducted
0: that, well she wasn't abducted she was taken by the ambulance but that would be the biggest question it's like okay so we've got a girl that faints we've got an ambulance coming to take her how is it that she never went back to school again what was that about right that's right that's a big question right there Um, And very interesting, because we're not just talking about she didn't go back to school there. We're looking at 1966, we're looking at a smaller suburb outside of of Melbourne, and if you go to our MeWe group, UFO um, Chronicles, you'll actually see photos, aerial photos of this group. You can see photos from 1966 of what the school looked like um, and how there was a lot of land around it, even though there were houses as Mm. well. We've got a fairly small community, if you want to look at it that way, even though it's close to the city, at that time it would have been on the sort of edges uh, in suburbia, which is why the airport was there. They never put the airport right in the middle of the city back in the day. And so cities build up around airports now, but they were on the edge of town at one point. So the question becomes, in a smaller community like that, how is it nobody, over the years of interviews that were done, nobody seemed to know what happened to this girl, right? I think that's weird. It was
1: interesting, like, what happened to her, name? Yeah,
0: I think it's weird. Um, and she herself has never come forward, although a lot of people have. And you'll see, um, over over the years, various news pieces have been done about it, various newspapers, Channel 9 Australia has done pieces on it about every 10 years. They seem to cough it out as a nice little story but they never
1: so they never seen her like as i grown up either no so you think she's up there? well,
0: <laughs> well unless unless she's, the, she's... unless the, unless the aliens got themselves an ambulance the chances are pretty good if she was also their friend i guess we've got that um reality that as the friend we might be saying that um Surely other adults and other parents would have known so that if there were queries over time, somehow there would have been a filtering of information back, right? But apparently That's not. Right. yeah, yeah. It appears that the flying saucer was on or near the ground beyond the trees for only a few minutes. More and more students and some teachers arrived fanning out across the expanse of the Grange to find that the object had gone. Those who stayed back at the school were unable to watch it ascend... Um, Sorry, those, those were, were able to watch it ascend and fly away, and the ones that were closer to it couldn't see because of the trees. So that's how it, it definitely landed, right? Those at the school attested to the incredible speed with which the main flying saucer and the other two departed as if in the blink of an eye. The five planes which were still circling overhead were left in their wake as if they were standing still. Although, of course, they themselves were moving at some speed, these planes... Then moved away from the view of the school and they too, like the objects they were hopelessly attempting to pursue, were not ever seen again. Although the flying saucer had departed, left behind in its place was a huge and perfect circle of flattened grass with the stalks of grass swirled around in one direction. Does this remind you of crop circles now we talk about this? Circled around in one direction with a distinct ring of discoloured grass around the perimeter many recalled that the perimeter seemed to be singed or a little burned or maybe even scorched others also recall three indentations in the grass around the circle strangely for those who first arrived there seemed to be no vehicular animal or human tracks in the grass surrounding the circle for those witnessing there was no doubting though that the obvious correlation between the bowl or saucer shaped craft they had seen in the sky and then descending to the spot behind the trees and the tightly wound circle of flattened grass before their eyes.
1: All, although the teachers and prefects perf, and soon arrived to, on the scene of, to haul the students back to their reality safety at school grounds, these elder teens and adults themselves became witnesses too. One of them, of the woodwork teacher Mr. Gary Shepherd found it difficult to believe the story of Pyon Saucer. He had not seen it and he had not seen any, but he could not deny the students an unpredicted uh, unpredicted appearance of the circle in the area he knew likely like the back of his hand. The school used the, the ganger for its cross country running and the students and locals used it for all manner of other activities. to the otherwise, it is two decades Mr Shepherd taught at the school he had never before seen such a perfectly formed circle in such an unlikely place. Nor was the, pon- the podium of the day where they even to be re- repeated on his career as it described it. West Hall High School as a teaching instructor institution, and of course, so in, in immediately awakened to those extraordinary experiences of of the events.
0: So he was he was actually saying that it changed the school forever um, when he said that it changed as a teaching institution. So sorry, he said West Hall High School as a teaching institution ceased. So he's saying that changed everything after that day. Even though he didn't see the the flying saucers as they were calling them. The interesting aspect here is the fact that, you know, this is the human mind thing, right, Drita, that we Mm -hmm. get into, whereas if you've got a whole pile of people telling you that they just saw something in the middle of the day, in a normal running day, you know, nothing unusual about the day itself, and you've got that many people telling you, at which point do you just decide that they're all rubbish, (laughs) that they don't know what they're talking (laughs) about.
1: But it's interesting, right, why would he take such an authority over everybody, else's vision
0: well, he didn't really. So, it. so it's not a vision. I, I think it, that's the bit that we're talking about here, because I didn't see it, and I don't believe in it. In it, please note. Then what you say can't be true. Seems to me to be a very poor model of witnessing statements or taking statements. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. Yeah,
1: yeah. So the headmaster, Mr.
0: Frank. Assembly. Assembly. It's a weird name. Assembly.
1: Hey <laughs> and he died. <laughs> <laughs> I must be Australian. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. <laughs> what else is going to shoot me? <laughs> and his staff tried to try to Western control back over his school. Um, at the school assembly called after all the students had been returned to school grounds, Mr. Assembly made it clear that the students uh, student body that's Flying saucers did not exist, and then they had no, not seen anything of importance. I feel like, uh, I don't know why I'm stopping here, but it's, I feel like somebody told him not to, to tell the kids that wasn't true. So it's almost like a government interference, maybe.
0: Well, this is straight away, but trust or, me, or it's, school, coming, it's, it's coming. Like it's coming. No, this is straight away. This, that's right after the event. This isn't days later. It gets oh, worse. Okay. So again, we've got a person, okay. only now he's an authority. We've got a person who didn't see it, or even if he did, he's determining that, no, this isn't what you saw, mm-hmm. this can't have happened, you're all nuts. And and I I find this, like, astounding, because it becomes a matter yeah. of, um, you know, there's this assumption that people can't describe what they've just seen in perfectly sane mm-hmm. people that were sane, you know, an hour ago suddenly because they're stating that they saw something that doesn't make sense instead of no, so, so
1: exactly.
0: yeah, ins- instead of exploring that why doesn't it make sense maybe we can find an answer by the way we just negate right. what you said and because we negate what you've said we empower what you said to a certain extent don't we because we're saying we are saying we know now that you saw something so outrageous that we have to deny you saw it it gets better let's keep going
1: And that despite this they were not to speak again of the day's event and most importantly they were not to speak to the media which had begun uh, to gather at school front grades several students recall that standing alongside the headmasters at the assembly that, that day were several people they had never seen before some reported they were work Dark oh they wore dark suits. Other mm-hmm. <laughs> other that they were in dark blue uniforms all agreed that they were from government. Several students were to have